Hi, Gary Stone from Sharewell Systems here. Sure, you may be trading stocks, ETFs, CFDs, futures, or even cryptos and FX, but how do you invest the money that really counts, including your retirement savings? Do you do it yourself, or do you feel you lack the strategies and confidence and have instead entrusted your retirement to a managed fund or financial advisor, or to somebody else to grow and protect your biggest investment? Go to sharewellsystems.com and download a case study that dissects a real money portfolio, which has achieved a return of double the ASX 200 accumulation index since January 2016. Sharewell Systems is proudly powering the spotty Your Call Hour right here on Ticker. to Australia's Hour of Investing Power. It's a show that's as great as you want it to be. This is Spotty streaming to you live from Ticker TV in Melbourne, who might have been slow out of the COVID gates, but after yesterday's budgets, we're going to be coming home like an airport rail train. And for the next 60 minutes, we're going to answer your questions live on air. So send them through right now. The text message, uh, Dexter is wanting to take your text message there, 0480-079-089. Or you can email us, question at Spotty dot com dot au you will see these contact details appear at the bottom of the uh, screen there a number of times throughout the program but we've got a full board already of questions but please do keep sending them through um, always need a few little fillers but we've got some very popular guests on today so uh, uh, the machine's just gone haywire let's bring in those guests actually starting with a very busy man especially this week uh, but if you want to cross the river at the end of the day, you've got to pay the ferryman. And in spades, he delivers it for his investors. It's Niv Dagan from Peak Asset Management. G'day, Niv. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Thanks very much for uh, for having us today. Oh, no, thank you for coming along. And no doubt, we'll, well, we've already got a few questions about some of your stocks, so we'll get to those in a moment. But for those that may not know about you, Niv, and the business that you built there at Peak Asset Management, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the very unique model that you guys employ when it comes to raising capital for companies? Yeah, so our, our whole model, Elio, is all about co-investments, so, which means we only put opportunities in front of anyone, and those anyone can be your high net worths all the way to your small cap funds or institutions that we back with our own capital. Uh, we traditionally play in the sub 50, sub 100 mil market caps where we can take big positions. We're sector agnostic. We do look at anything from AI machine learning to subscription businesses to esports, uh, agriculture, um, across the board. I can't say we're experts in everything, but we do have some really smart people around us that are. So your viewers will only get an opportunity from peak um, once it ticks absolutely each one of our boxes, we're willing to back it with our own capital on exactly the same terms. And um, yeah, great to have you uh, uh, on the show and thanks very much. No, thanks very much for coming on. And that's peakassetmanagement.com.au. So that's all one word. There is a newsletter service too you can subscribe to and learn more about the services that Niv offers. But you'll hear a bit about it um, in a moment today. Well, next we've got another very generous man. When I need him to fill a spot, he always jumps on. But let's face it, when you're in front of a computer screen doing what you love, looking at stocks, then you're basically as happy as a pig in mud. So it's Braden Gardner from Trade Setup uh, who's joining us today. G'day, Braden. How are you doing? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Great to have you back on the regular roster now rather than you no feeling gaps. So thanks very much. But we have turned it up a little bit. We've changed to who you're from, trade setup. You do 
Tell yep. us about the other side of your business that you're with, Trade Direct 365, other the platform people know you for. But why don't you spend a little bit of time telling us about Trade Setup, which uh, is very different and in particular suits those who are um, looking for trades and being identified when uh, uh, the right sort of position comes up. Yep, so as you know, um, I've spoken about before, we um, working with Davin Clark at Trade Direct 365. We also work on a, another app or a trade alert service that um, Trade Setup. So if you go to the website, www.tradesetup.com.au, have a look around, see the results. Um, so far, so good. The last five years we've been working on that and been plugging away. I think it's averaging around 30% uh, a year. So we cover all number of things. So it's not really just into the ASX shares, although that is the bulk of it. Uh, we also trade a lot of indices, uh, currencies. We've just had a good couple of trades on um, Ethereum, so a bit of crypto. Basically, we'll trade anything that moves, I guess. So if it's got a bit of movement, we'll give it a go. Excellent. And that's the name of the game and trade set up. So as Braden said, all one word, that is .com.au is where you can go to learn more about the signals and the services that I know Braden works on quite a bit, particularly with his morning sessions and a few other little uh, expert tidbits that are an add-on to that service. So we're ready, folks. All we now need are your questions. So send them through right now. Before we get started, though, a reminder, as always, that the information in today's show is of a general nature only. None of it takes into account your objectives, financial situations or needs. And therefore, should you decide to act on it, you need to do so in light of your own personal circumstances. Past performance is no indicator of future performance. And if you wish to discuss with anyone other than your significant other in life about any of the content expressed today, then you need to do so with an advisor that's licensed to have that chat with you. Uh, remembering, of course, we will try to uh, uh, tell you when we do hold uh, an interest in a stock that we do discuss, but in the heat and uh, cut and thrust of, you know, uh, shared discussion, sometimes we do forget. Uh, by all means, feel free to contact us directly and we'll uh, have that discussion with you one-on-one -on -one to let you know our position in any company. Now, for the next hour, Spotty is proud to be powered by our partners in Light Share Wealth Systems. And since 1995, Share Wealth Systems have helped investors protect and grow their share portfolio with a rules-based investing approach that gives them an edge over others. So if you wish to learn more about the team powering our Spotlight and how you too can be the tortoise and win the race of investing life, then go to the website sharewealthsystems.com and be sure to read all the relevant information on screen before making any investment decision. Okay then, uh, guys, as we uh, go to air currently, the market, well, it has come off a little bit from its very strong open, but it's uh, sort of teetering a bit. It's, it's okay. The All Ordinary is up 0.7%, the XJO up 0.8%. So it's definitely a large cap story as we go to air at the minute. I do want to, the topic of the day, and I try to keep it stock related if I can, if every, uh, everyone out there knows. And look, today we had a result from Fisher and Paykel, and it was basically good. Uh, what did we get? The headlines? Well, they guided for a full year net profit of between 400 to 415 New Zealand million dollars um, after reporting what had been an 86% increase in half year profit based on surging demand for the respirators triggered, of course, by the pandemic. Now, hospital revenue, which makes up uh, three quarters of their uh, total operating revenue, was up some 93%. So this was an absolute cracking result. So Niv, let's keep it simple for everyone out there. What makes Fisher and Pike so bloody good? Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a good question. I mean, look, health tech and, and, and uh, healthcare is in a really strong space. Obviously, they're, they're really the big themes for that we see it in 2021. So investors are looking for additional exposure at the moment. As, as you've seen, uh, the hospital divisions really, really picked up, the dividend strong, earnings picking up. So the market does like that. And um, we've seen that revised and revision upside. Uh, so we see some further upside revisions in the, in the near term. 
Yeah, but, I mean, Brandon, I mean, when we look at that price, I mean, it's done incredibly well today. Just having a look here, uh, up currently 1.37% to $32.64. Anyone that tries to back again against it, it just proves it wrong. I mean, you know, a cynic might come out and say, well, given that they've sold so many respirators, surely they're going to be an oversupply of them in hospitals. I mean, you know, what could possibly go wrong? But that chart just keeps uh, proving uh, any naysayers wrong. Yeah, it's um, it's holding up really nicely. It's been going up in a strong uptrend. Every time it's pulled back, it's been supported. You know, all the all the buyers are soaking up any selling pressure that's coming through, and it's doing it again recently, just off the say the thirty twenty mark. So I think if it keeps holding that, the next level up it's got to chew through is sort of around that thirty four seventy to thirty five zone. Got a bit of headwind up there. It's touched on there probably three or four five times now, and being rejected off there. But each time it's rejected, it's been bought up at higher levels. So from here, you know, once it can hold um. You can just hold that zone probably around the 31 mark, just above. I think I could just chew away up at uh, 34.70 and then see how we go from there. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a quality company. It continues to deliver. I think if you're waiting to, if you're going to try to pick a top or bottom or move in this, I think you're just betting against the house. This is a quality company. I'd wait for some sort of in, indication in the business to, you know, possibly be looking to uh, remove it if you had to. Otherwise, if you're holding it, still hold it. Um, th that said, though, if you have made some really strong gains, money management always means you know taking uh, some profits off the table doesn't hurt. Although, again, it's a quality name and a quality result as proven once more, and you can throw ResMed into that pile as well. All right, Niv, let's go to uh, client questions. I want to start one which uh, had a pretty interesting development today. The question comes from Fiona as well as Adrian. Both of them have asked about this stock. It's one in your stable. It's a fat fish uh, group, code FFG for those playing along at home. Um, Fiona would like to know uh, in regards to what your current view on the business is. Adrian obviously has noted the pivot to the buy now, pay later space. Why don't you talk the book up and let us know what it is that's actually going on and the strategic rationale. I mean, this is great insights we're about to get folks. So um, what is it uh, that's uh, driving this decision, Niv? Yeah, look, so Fatfish, for those at home, they're an inter internet incubator. So what that means is that they invest essentially in a number of portfolio companies incubate them, manage them, work with management, and then spin them off. And an example is iCandy Interactive, ICI. They invested about $400,000, and now it's worth about $28 million to the bottom line, right? So their whole model is all about incubation, exiting, and spinning off. Um, today, they came out with a pretty material announcement that they're increasing their stake in a portfolio company called Smart Funding. Uh, that have acquired a, essentially a Singapore central bank license and they've launched a buy now pay later platform for corporates. Um, so that is pretty strong. I mean, we've seen a lot of uh, those viewers that are following the small cap space, obviously zip money, afterpay, but another one is IOU, um, which has mm. got a buy now pay later facility in Malaysia. Um, so look, there could be some interesting developments on, on the horizon, but we really like the stock. We raised money for them at 1.5 cents with a one for two option of three cents. And that was only several weeks ago. So we've had um, a number of our clients a very, very happy campus today. Yeah, and it's a really interesting uh, little play there. And yeah, I think it's important that you mention that because a lot of people read the headline and thought the whole business was pivoting away into a new industry as such. But the fact it is, it's an incubator. So they're just investing opportunities. And as Niv said, iCandy, ICI is that code if you want to uh, do your own research on that one, folks is another one of those success stories for this firm. So hopefully that gives you a good little update there. Uh, Braddon, I'll go to you um, in regards uh, to this next question, which has disappeared on Fortune Money running off two uh, computers today. So it gets a little awkward. Comes from Kevin 
And he said, could you please assess AGL, uh, which is the code AGL. Now, Kevin, it's a boom market out there, son. You don't want to be holding stocks like AGL. Okay, I shouldn't really go there. Before I give my view, uh, <laughs> Braden, why don't you tell us what's happening with the chart? Because it's been an anus terribilis. It's been a horrible year. But there's a little bit of life here. Is it, a, is it uh, strong enough to be taking a nibble? Or what levels would you be watching from this point? Oh, look, if you if you look sort of closely, it's it's a well-established downtrend. It's just been getting hit you know, time and time and time again uh, over a long period of time too. But it has recently come down to a weekly support zone stage just below that $13 mark. Now, if I was going to buy, I think for me, it's well and truly early days. Um, if it's going to hold up that level, you're going to have more than enough opportunity to, to buy into it down the track. Um, but it's got to prove itself. And there's nothing to say that we can't turn around from here, hold another lower high and take out 13 and just clean up all this... Um, all the supply that's coming through off that weekly zone. So for now, I'd be I'd be just watching and I'll be on the back burner because of what's happening, what's happened in the past, and just waiting for some sort of high low. I want to see you know, evidence buyers going to step in slightly higher than you know, say 13, 14 mark if they can, and hold that higher level. Then I might take a bit of a nibble at it. Yeah, look, uh, Niv, it would be remiss of me not to get you involved in this because I mean they were involved in their own part of you know corporate activity recently buying that. Uh, energy retail business or reseller business uh, from Amazing, um, a play that, uh, uh, that Ron Shamgar from uh, Tamam Asset Management has been a key participant of. But look, AGL has been in many portfolios, that vertically integrated model, you know, a lot of people have always hung their hat on in that regard because if, you know, energy prices don't go great, then you've got the retail and vice versa, it goes back the other way. But, um, you know, what sort of words of advice could you provide, Kevin, uh, with regards to a position in someone like an AGL, which, let's face it, in this recent market has been disappointing? Yeah, it has, it has been disappointing. I mean, look, we're looking at 2021, as I mentioned, there's some key themes regarding sustainability and hydrogen and uh, essentially mm. clean investments, right? So I think if, if, um, if AGL can also pivot into that space, that'll be very, very interesting. Obviously, they've got, I'm not saying a monopoly, but... In terms of households, they do have a, a number of you know competitors in, in the market. But you know, I think businesses these days really need to adapt and change as well. And uh, they've got their core business model, but if they can go out and, and pivot and um, and start marketing the sustainable side of their their business, that'll be very very interesting. But um, look, it does look like it's formed a bit of a base around that twelve dollars and um, starting to make high highs, high lows. So it's definitely one to keep an eye on. Yeah, which actually pre provides a good little pivot, I suppose, into uh, Timeless, TYM, which is a stock that you've talked about before, involved in that, you know, newer age uh, sort of uh, world. Uh, the question comes from Philip. You noted that you were going to be on the program today. Has seen a little bit of weakness in share price. Um, and he, he, he likes the business. He, he's a believer. But he just like, uh, you know, an update in regards to your view as to uh, where the company sits at the moment, given that, you know, it's just having a bit of a normal retracement at the moment. Yeah, so look, I, I, I did sit on the board of Timelayers and uh, I made way for a gentleman by the name of Wayne Clay. Now, Wayne Clay is currently the chairman of Timelayers Group. He's a current CEO of a company called Teagood. Uh, Teagood is one of the largest manufacturers of electrical car batteries in, in Australia and also Asia. Mm -hmm. um, they've also just uh, regurated or regenerated the board with the appointment of Team Ebeck. Team Ebeck is the ex CEO and Managing Director of Oracle and New Zealand and Australia and also SAP. So you've got some very, very smart and capable guys there. And um, personally, I'm just a very, very large shareholder. We actually uh, increased our position by about 900,000 or a million shares on market in the last month or so. Um, mm. What Timeless has is essentially 
a, a platform for uh, the tracing and trading of green energy units, or peer-to-peer energy, and they've got integrations through blockchain. So very, very interesting. They've signed an MOU now with TGood. So the market obviously is anticipating something hopefully coming out from an MOU into a binding agreement. So look, I think um, they've got the right team, the right structure. We're happy to buy across these levels, obviously general advice. And we feel um, talking about sustainability and peer-to-peer market trading and renewable energy, they're in a really, really good space um, and uh, one to keep an eye on. Uh, Braden, why don't you provide some insight there in regards to that action? Because obviously when we talk at these uh, sort of uh, cent levels, a small BIP chain actually in percentage terms actually adds up to be quite a bit. So what sort of uh, levels would, uh, you know, you'd be watching here for, for Philip to possibly go back and, uh, you know, uh, retest his thesis once again, or vice versa, that the down little pullback has ended and it could be back to uh, the previous trajectory? Yeah, I think you're right with the, um, the percentage terms that a lot of people get shaken out um, mm. on these sort of small movers. You know, it's it's that sort of pullback, what I'm looking at now, you can see it off the, um, say, 14 cent marks, had a bit of a, a pullback. If it's got good fundamentals, that's really, to me, just a bit of a shakeout, a bit of a clean out of the, the weak hands. So what I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be looking at a level as such. What I'd be looking at is more if it can have a bit of a lift and that first pullback, if it has a bit of a pullback after that. So if it lifts to about 10 cents from here, has a bit of a pullback off that zone. And if it gets soaked up at a higher level, that's what I'll be going in because I think that's evidence that buyers will start to be stepping back in after the shakeout and see if they can press it back up through those highs at 14 and so on up to 20 or so. Okay, well, Brennan, let's yeah, let's talk about Appen now, uh, code APX. Peter, um, one of our prolific question ask, uh, askers, um, has uh, put through a question in regards to APX. He's obviously noted that they are a market leader in the AI space and, and AI is a topic we've been talking quite a bit on this program with AIM and a few others uh, also making their way onto the show. However, since the release of the half-year results back in August 2000, uh, this year, of course, but on the 27th, um, the price has been coming back, currently sitting at around the 33-odd dollar mark um, at the moment. Haven't had a look at them today as to what they've done, but that's about a 20% drop overall. So we'll be very keen to get your sort of view in regards to that price action because a lot of people have an exposure to uh, Appen. I don't think anyone would suggest that their technology doesn't work. They know they've got a great client base. They know that we're going to need their services more and more, particularly in regards to search and the language translation and all the innovative stuff that they do. But that price, though, you know, is really testing the belief of the, uh, of the long-term believers. What are you sort of seeing at this point here on in? Yeah, I, I think um, if you take a longer-term picture, say the bigger picture, it's had a good run-up, uh, say, from it was about $9 it was way back in 2018, and it pushed up to say, that 32 mark. Then it had a decent correction. Um, it's pulled back down to around 16, 16.50 or so. And then it had that, that leg up recently that's pushed all the way up to about $43. It looks like we're just correcting that at the moment. So it's at a juncture, I think, right now where it is around the 30, say 31 mark. Um, it's mm. got some support and it's, had, it's been in that zone before. You look back in um, 2019, it traded below, you know, down off that zone and then it rallied straight through it, but it actually paused at that zone back in around, so May this year before it took off. And then it's come back down and tested it at about, uh, I think it was September, September this year. So it's just pushing back into that zone now. So what you'd be looking for is to see if it can react back up to that level, if that level can hold. But the problem is at the moment, you know, it's had a big sort of rejection off those highs at 43. It's come straight back down. And we've got a lower high that could be coming into play. So if it doesn't hold up at, say, 31 or so, and start to hold some high lows again, then um, it could just flush out a bit lower 
and just have a, sort of a deeper correction. So I'll just be really waiting to see what happens around that zone if I start to step back in again. Yeah, look, uh, Peter, I mean, I hold it. I've disclosed that a number of times on the program. I continue to believe in the business. If it cracks that level that Braden was talking about there, given my conviction in the business, I will be topping up. Uh, still not there at that particular level just yet. I've, part of my strategy is to top up into the ones I believe in if they have had a bit of a pullback. Um, and if it breaks that sort of level uh, Braden was talking about, I'd be very keen to have a look at that one there. Um, possibly though, uh, Niv, I may be um, a little bit uh, too much on, well, let's go, let's pivot then. I could be delusional. Uh, so, so, <laughs> let's talk about uh, magic mushrooms. Let's talk about things that, a new technology. I mean, we've had the cannabis boom, the medicinal cannabis boom, we know that. Um, you're one of the first participants that we know of in the Australian uh, market to you know, play in this space, having raised uh, some capital. The question comes from Phil. He's got a pretty positive outlook over the coming two years for the entire sector. He sees it as a real uh, game changer uh, in regards to the treatment of a lot of the uh, scourges that are out there. He was basically wanting to get some sort of insight as to why you chose Green Star and Loeb as one of the ones that you like the best in that space. He points to other stocks like Compass on the NASDAQ. Uh, you got Phil Trip as well. Yes, that's the sort of stocks we're talking about. Uh, Mind Medicine, a whole new range of these companies coming through. Obviously, be, why don't you tell everyone of your participation in the space and why you're so optimistic and bullish about what it could possibly do for mankind as well as investors? Yeah, very, very good question, Phil. It's uh, definitely an interesting theme. I mean, a lot of people have made some great money on uh, riding the cannabis wave, you'd say, five, six years ago. And we feel mm. psilocybin, which is essentially the extract of magic mushrooms, is really the, the new cannabis uh, coming into 2020, 2021. Um, for those at home, uh, there has been some empirical studies uh, indicating this is some, and you can do some research, that the use of psilocybin in a controlled environment has a long-lasting impact on anxiety, on depression, uh, on a number of conditions as well. So a really interesting space. I did spend two years in Canada, uh, in Vancouver. Um, we met with a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Gilbert. Now, Jonathan Gilbert was the founder of, of a little company that he sold to Championier Brands. And um, we had a chat with him who brought a gentleman by the name of Masud Dariani on board. Now, Masud Dariani used to be the chief scientific officer of a small company, only a $50 billion company called Celgene. Um, so he brought uh, Masud Dariani together with Jonathan Gilbert, um, have vended in or essentially uh, then in a business into Greenstar, which has recently just um, changed the name to Loeb. So, look, we, we similar to any any company, we have to back the management team. Um, they've got US patents, they've got rollouts. They should have the first um, commencement of the clinical trials with the University of Miami coming very, very shortly. Um, we think the whole space is about to explode. You For those um, watching the companies, um, Compass Pathways, IPO'd on the NASDAQ at over a billion dollars. Mm. Uh, MindMed, uh, the code is MMED. I think it's trading on the Canadian exchange and the US exchange has pretty much gone parabolic. So ones to watch uh, for those at home and um, LOB is a stock code and uh, we think that it should have a very, very large re-rate leading into the commencement of the clinical trials with the University of Miami. Okay, folks. And yes, my uh, little giggle attack there, totally unrelated, I, sure, I assure you. Um, Braddon, I want to talk about a quick company that has been in the press uh, 
uh, recently. It's called Thompson Resources. The code is TMZ for those of you at home. Now, it's a golden uh, tin play, and now it's involved in silver and copper. Uh, there's been quite a bit of news flow, as I mentioned. At first, they acquired the Webbs and Conrad Silver projects from Silver Mines. Next, it acquired a silver explorer by the name of Caesar Resources, um, who've got uh, some tenements in Queensland. And now they've come across some copper oxide while drilling at um, Chilgo. Uh, the results of the drilling program there are to be completed this month. Now, also, uh, just the other day, they announced that they're drilling at Yelgorgon, uh, the gold project that they have there. Fa phase one of that drilling uh, found some shallow deposits, which uh, bode well, and now they're into the phase two. Now, it's interesting because they did um, have a capital raising. They raised some $6 million, which is going to be dilutive. And um, if we have the uh, chart of TMZ on screen, people will see that it, after what had been a very strong run up, now, it's important to note it had already gone up 200% prior to that extra pop that it had at the end, but it has retraced a little bit. Now, I sincerely hope those in TMZ have free carried. Um, it is a concept that I think is a very worthwhile, particularly for retail investors, very different fund managers, but retail investors, uh, a concept you can definitely do. It's got some big prospects. I wonder if they've got too much on the go, but nonetheless, they're going to give it a crack anyway. The question, though, obviously relates to, and uh, sorry, the person that asked about it was Jason, is where could it possibly form a base from here on in? Because again, as we touched on earlier, when you're talking in the lower sense or one cent down has been a pretty big retracement. Yeah, you can see, obviously, it got, it got smacked off those highs around 15 cents. It's come straight back down. But really, that's just, you know, if you're looking at sort of that longer term play, the way it's been edging higher, um, it's just a bit of heat coming out of the market. I mean, if you're a buyer, the only real people that are going to be chasing it you know, up into sort of that 14 cents only sort of your retail. And I think they're going to be the same ones to be quick to come out in any any sort of shakeout. But I think if you're looking to accumulate it or, you know, accumulate some positions, roughly around where we are now, I think if it can hold up above that six cent mark, um, seven cents even, and just sort of start to bounce around and, and get supported around where it is now, around the eight cent mark, um, just watching for those high lows, those high lows start to come, um, come into play. And then I think that's going to drag in more buyers for that run back up through potentially, hopefully through 15, 16 cents. Okay. Well, Niv, let's keep it in the same sector. A company that you recently raised capital for and uh, announced that to market today. So again, thanks very much for giving us your time. Sabre Resources, code SBR um, for those of you at home. Now, um, interesting uh, a little story here in regards to, to it. I won't actually um, say what it does. I'll let you do that. But just to let everyone know, um, you would have seen in the announcement uh, that they raised some four point, I think it was $4.8 uh, million, but it was well and truly oversubscribed. So there seemed to be a lot of people interested in it. Why were they so excited, Niv? Yeah, look, uh, one, look, Sabre Resources is in the uh, exploration for gold. Um, essentially, they've got a deposit right next to Penny West in Western Australia called the Bonanza Goldfield. And Love they've currently <laughs> just just complete, completed their uh, air core drilling um, and moving straight into RC drilling, which is much deeper holes. So we had significant demand uh, for the company. We actually did a race for them a few months ago at 0.0025 of a cent with one for two listed options. This one around was at 1.15 with a one for one listed option. So essentially everyone was entering the, uh, the stock at 0.0075 if you include the option. And there's a lot of interest leading into the drills. Obviously gold in the last few days has come off um, as the market or the Dow Jones moving towards 30,000. But we do expect as inflation starts to pick up, 
in the US and central banks continue to print more money, we expect that um, commodities will continue to move higher. So, yeah, look, we had um, nearly over 12 to $13 million of demand. Yeah, the company huge. decided to take $4.8 million uh, in a heavily oversubscribed uh, placement. And um, the market is highly anticipating some good news coming out of the drilling coming shortly. Yeah, look, I'll quickly fit in a uh, question from young Anthony who asked uh, just in regards to the chart um, of this stock uh, here. It's NC6, not a stock I must admit I'm very familiar with. So I'm about to call its uh, name up now. Uh, bear with me for a moment, uh, folks. This is what live TV and asking questions live actually does. Uh, Nano loss. Yeah, Nano loss. Okay, well, there we go. I've never heard of it before. I'm about to do some research on it another day. But uh, why don't you tell us what that chart looks like, given that... Uh, well, yep, it looks, again, one of those similar patterns, uh, Braddon, where it has that big run up and then takes that breather, which in, you know, when you're talking 30-odd dollars would be okay, but when you're talking six cents, ends up being a lot. What sort of uh, key levels would you be watching from here on in? Yeah, pretty much right around where it is, and I just below where it is at the moment, around that five, five and a half cent mark. You can see it's had you know, a big, big downturn, just turned around recently, and the fact that it pushed up to that 11 cent mark it's got a few lower highs, so I think it's going to bring in interest. So if we can um, just hold, and you can see it's actually pushed down, I think it was on the 6th of November, uh, 17th of November, it pushed down and rejected 5.5% mark. So if we start to find that as a bit of a base, and we start to lift again, and we get up through 6, 7 cents, then I think it's going to bring in some interest and have another push through that 10 cent mark. All right then, Brad. And one thing I'll get you to do, mate, while you can, is uh, maybe shut down some of those browsers. You're trade, trading that uh, the Rimbi or Rimbi or something, and it's uh, sort of knocking our systems out of whack. So turn a few of those websites down. Uh, but, but we're halfway in, so have yourself a glass of water, gentlemen. Uh, just a reminder, of course, question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480 uh, Remember to go to the website, and if you've got some time over the weekend, why not? Spotty.com.au to have a look at past episodes, or you can uh, tune in on your favourite podcast channel as well. We now continue our exploration of the 16 traits of successful investing that our great supporters at ShareWell Systems have made available to all viewers at Spotty. And today, we talk about why we shouldn't have great expectations. Rather, we should be neutral. Now, this doesn't mean that we shouldn't want to make money. Nobody purchases a stock in the hope that it's going to fall in price. Well, actually, some people I know, I think they do. But anyway, I won't go into that. Unfortunately, though, in the, rea the reality is in the share market, you can't pick them right 100% of the time. And it's not realistic to be able to do that. So great traders and investors understand the need to engage with the market with a neutral mindset, one that is free of bias, with, that is free of personal, um, personal expectation and also previous experiences. Every decision that you make today, even if it's a whole decision, has to be assessed on its merits. You've got to leave your personal biases at the door because they will distract you from achieving your main goal. Now, over the years, many investors will lose, have lost money, I should say, because they didn't um, listen to the facts and rather they didn't or they didn't sell their favorite stocks and you know to continue to hold on to this bias which has cost them a lot of money and I know folks that that will relate to you so go to the website 16 traits that's one six traits.com to learn why being neutral in our expectations is a is a trait that all successful investors have Okay, then, gentlemen, as we go to the market uh, right now, just having a quick look here. Oh, no, it's finding its feet. It's going back to uh, the intraday highs this morning. So the All Ordinary is currently up 0.75%. The XJO up 0.85%. Uh, Niv, I'm going to go to a stock uh, for you here. This is uh, from Sasha, who asks about this. Um, the code is RGI. 
uh, Roto, Roto Grow International. Um, it's vertical farms, and although the ag sector, you know, has obviously been uh, talked about, it's sort of being spun as a tech disruptor as well. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this interesting story and why you like it? RGI, again, folks, for those of you wondering what the code is. Yeah, for those at home, we actually just completed a $1.53 million placement at uh, $0.04 cents per share with a, with a, with a two-for-three option. Um, we spend a lot of time, so everything that we do, as I mentioned, we have to co-invest alongside our investors on the same terms. So, look, this is a stock that traditionally has been you'd say pigeonholed as a cannabis company. Now, we did a lot of reading in terms of what's happening in the ag space and the sustainable investments and the vertical farming. And there's significant amount of capital going from Silicon Valley and overseas in vertical farms, which is an ability to grow your lettuce, your, your tomatoes, your uh, bok choys, herbs in a, in a controlled environment that uses 99% less water, 99% less fertilizer all year rounds um, and the yield should be higher. So, look, um, we, we spent some time with Rotogrow. We had a look at the machine. We had a look at the videos. We also spoke to a number of other groups that are actually looking at potentially buying some of their machines. And um, mm. we, we, we liked it. We, we liked what they had. Um, we thought that the market has mispriced um, the stock and the opportunity. And some, since the placement of shares just in the last few days, the stock has rallied over 50%. We probably see further upside as um, some further news flow comes through. And um, obviously, um, you know, just for transparency, we are holders. We did um, undertake the recent raise and uh, we think there's further upside. Okay, excellent. So hopefully that answers uh, your question there, Sasha. Um, now, uh, actually, Brad, I'll go to a stock. Uh, the question uh, came from, sorry, I just got to get that uh, name and uh, I'll credit you later, don't worry. Um, came on the text machine. Uh, there we go, Mark. Ask about Godolphin, GRL um, is the code. Now, I can only really lean on my great mate, Tony Lacandro from Alto Capital, who knows the business very well. And he's quite long on the business, very optimistic. He, he did point out when he was last on the show that there's been a lot of chatter in regards to why the company raised money at around 24 cents. Um, he said that he felt it was justified after, you know, having discussions with the company and basically because their Copper Hill East, uh, sorry, Cooper uh, Hill East uh, project that they're drilling at, um, has clipped what he believes might be a large porphyry system, which, if it comes together, could be as big as what Staveley is here, is here in Victoria. The other thing he really likes about it is Lewis Ponds. Uh, the project's shaping very well from a gold front, and the price has now dipped back to where that capital raising um, uh, was uh, actually done. Now, obviously, the gold price hasn't done all that great, which is no doubt putting a little bit of a, um, you know, a, bit of a ceiling in regards to its price and has pushed it down a bit. Brad, and I won't get you talking about Godolphin so much rather than gold, because obviously it's risk off at the moment and gold prices in the US have taken a bit of a whacking. Further to that, the Aussie dollar um, has been strengthening. So what sort of insights would you be able to provide investors who do have an interest in gold and uh, you know, what sort of levels they'd be watching from here on in, given that it's already taken a bit of a hit? Yeah, at the moment, I'm just looking at a daily chart on uh, spot gold. It has had a bit of a sell-off, obviously. Uh, it's been hammered. And the, the key level for us when we were watching it is that 1850 mark. It's powered through there the last couple of sessions. So it seems to be a bit of a blowout to the downside. Um, whether or not it's going to find a base here or it's going to start to find some support a bit further down, um, potentially down to that 1760, which I don't think a lot of people would like to hear. Mm. But it has been just trading previously before that run up if you look back in um around july last, or july this year 
it had a bit of a play around um, that 18, 1800 mark. So if we can find some support off there and start to lift, um, that would be ideal because I think it's roughly a measured move. If you look from the highs down to about the 1850 mark and then you look from around 1960 to where it is now, it's roughly a me measured move down. So we've had our second leg down. So generally after that, we'd be looking for some higher lows to hold and see if we can lift and get some um, uh, gold bait bugs back into the market. Okay, Niv, um, a stock that, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier the concept of new energy, new worlds and the like. And one of those stocks that's neck deep in that is a company by the name of Hazer, HZR. Um, another Anthony has actually asked about this uh, question here. Would like to know our view in regards to the business. Uh, now, it's an interesting company. It undertakes the commercialization of what it calls a Hazer process, whereby it's a low emission hydrogen and uh, graphite production facility. Uh, but they had some news which related to a bit of a negative price. So we'll talk a bit, all a bit that will bungle up in a moment. But are you familiar with HZR, Niv? Yeah, look, we, we haven't followed it closely for some time. Having said that, um, we're very, very strong on the hydrogen space. So there's some mandates out there in, in, on cross governments. Um, and if you, for those at home, uh, seeing what's happening on the hydrogen space where the EU has put a lot of pressure and sort of diesel cars and petrol cars to move to hydrogen, which is more about uh, clean energy and um, use of use of natural not natural resources um, relative to coal. And, you know, with Biden coming in and stepping in, he's very, very strong on um, on essentially climate change. And that's why you've seen the cannabis companies, psilocybin, sustainable investments, ESG investments start to pick up. So we really like the space overall. I'm just looking at the quarterly report. I mean, they're still pre-revenue, right? Um, yeah. they're, they're not generating any revenues. They're spending a lot of their money in research and development and staff costs and admin. So when you're looking at the quarter, about $1.6 million of the quarter, but they do have, they're very, very strong in terms of cash. They've got over $15 million worth of cash. So if they can start commercializing their essential um, and, and start picking up some off takes that will be the key re-rate i feel for the stock and for the company and it's a topic we've talked about on the program you know we talked about vulcan energy and the like and europe's really a leader in regards to adopting these sort of zero uh, carbon type of uh, production processes the other thing i could add to that was that recently there was uh, that the announcement that sort of saw that big pullback in its price was that uh, mineral resources that it was in a project with, uh, they were sort of coming up with this idea of how to create, you know, very low um, carbon production of graphite and the like. And they were at stage two of the three-stage project. And basically, um, Min has come in and said, well, it's not you, it's us. We're going in a different direction, yada, 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 and basically terminated that agreement. Now, I think it's important to note here that the main game is their 100 tonne per annum hydrogen demonstration project that they want to get off the ground to prove that they can uh, produce that high um, hazer graphite that they want to uh, deliver at commercial qualities. So if you've believed in HZR to this point, I don't think MIN changes that narrative. I think you would probably still look for progress in regards to commercialization because that's really where the end game is. And as Niv touched on, they do have that cash. Um, but otherwise, if you're a trend investor, then when you see a stock fall by that much, well, that's something that you do have to uh, listen to. What about your view in regards to that, Braden? Because, you know, and what should investors do when they see these sorts of big capitulations like that? Because it can, you know, create a lot of nervousness and, and you know, then they anchor themselves to the previous high and they think, oh, what if the price could get back there? What, you know, what sort of advice or what, what sort of uh, education do you provide your investors when events like this happen? 
Oh, look, if it's something like that, it, it, it comes down to where you get in and where your risk is. You've got to know where your risk is, I guess. And if you're, doing it, if you're getting in somewhere when it started to lift off that four and a half cent mark, then you're fine. I mean, it's had a bit of a pullback. We pull them back to the previous highs from, um, say, June or so, and it's touched on that zone a couple of times. So there's a good chance it could bounce straight back off there and, um, you know, start to get some momentum back up towards the highs. So if you're getting a bit nervous for a bit of a pullback, you know, you've got to question exactly what where your risk is and, and know exactly what your, uh, your plan of action is. Otherwise, um, you'll get caught in those um, those pullbacks. And just when people get flushed out of the market, you'll get caught in that. You watch it go up without you. Yeah, no, very much so too. And that, and that can really hurt. But you've got to know when you're going to get out before you get in. That's always the golden rule of investing. Um, Niv, Forbidden Foods, code triple F, talking about keeping a low emissions world, but in a different way. Um, looking at establishing plant-based uh, proteins. <clears throat> and the like and distributing them. Um, unfortunately, since uh, coming on the uh, exchange, it hasn't been a glorious share price run though, but many people are saying the general thematic across the board is a strong one um, across the world. So Triple F, is it a stock that you've uh, come across in your journeys? Yeah, we, we actually looked at it in the, on the pre-IPO. I mean, uh, it wasn't for us at the time, but they've done an exceptional job to obviously get it listed and our friends at BW Equities as well. So. Look, the stock um, came on strongly and uh, since then it's sort of hovering around the high 20s. Um, look, looking at the financials, they're still losing a little bit of money. They're generating sort of around $4 million or annualised uh, around $4 million um, of sales. So, look, when you're looking at the revenue relative to EV or enterprise value, it looks a bit high or, or slightly just in line. So the market really what it's telling you is probably wants to get another the, a number of catalysts in the near term. Um, be interesting to see obviously plant-based food is a very very strong theme so if they can continue to start to drive the revenue growth and become EBITDA positive leading into the quarterly I think that's sort of where the market will re-rate the company so we'll be watching the quarterly coming out in early January next year to see how they're going uh, in the December quarter. All right then Anthony um, who asked about uh, NC6 that I'm going to look at later has uh, decided to stretch the uh, friendship a bit and he's thrown in a few companies, so I'll try my best to uh, uh, get through as many of them as I can. Uh, starting with ENR, actually, Encounter is the uh, first stock he put up, and you know he mentioned that uh, they were uh, they weren't drilling in your little post here, but they are actually drilling um, at the moment at uh, Yanira, uh, which is uh, in the uh, Patterson's province in WA, with the joint venture that it has with Independence Group. That's how I'm uh, familiar with this business. Uh, copper and uh, cobalt is what they're looking at, and they've got some copper targets in the Northern Territory too, but. Uh, uh, at the moment, it's the Pattersons where it's uh, really the main game. It's funded by IGO, so IGO is fronting up the cash as well as the WA government's also putting a bit of coin into it. Not much else other to add other than the fact that Paul Chapman, who's the chairman of the company, well, he's got dirt in his veins. Um, definitely, he's been around the caper for very, very long and obviously a well-credentialed individual and generally, um, you would assume, um, would know what he's doing. And uh, I've got absolutely no reason to doubt, given the successes like with Silver Lake and a number of others across the board and some big finds there. You talk about Navara as well. Um, NML is their code looking for gold um, in the Ballarat region here in Victoria within the Golden Triangle um, in between Bendigo, Ballarat and Stall, of course. It's a brownfield project that hasn't been touched since the early 1910s. It's looking in the Jubilee Reef, which they say is shallow, um, and they're pretty excited about what that could be. Uh, again, though, we're just going to have to wait and see after a few drill holes as to how they go with that. So, Braddon, I might just get your chart view in regards to ENR, um, sorry, ENR 
as well as NML. Uh, what, are you, what are you seeing in those two charts at the moment? Okay, we'll kick it off with NML, uh, Navara. Mm -hmm. That's obviously had a good, good little run up and there's just heat coming out of the market at the moment. So it's really going to start to um, build a bit of a base around that 17 or just above if it can. Uh, you can see that it's had a push up to there, rejected off that level. And then recently uh, with the run up from September, mid to, mid to end September, it pushed straight through. So it's really just coming back to that zone. Um, you want to see it. It's had a couple of good days down, some solid um, sell off, um, probably on the back of that goal, I guess. Mm. But it's got to just put in a bit of legs. It's got to put in a bit of work down at that zone. So if it can start to do that and start to hold up, I think it's dragging some buyers for another run at the highs. Uh, looking at ENR, it's much the same. It's had a good run up off around 15 cents. Uh, pushed up to 32 and a half so everyone's a winner up there but the problem is the turnaround <laughs> comes straight back down again so you, it has to hold this zone for me it has to hold that zone you want to see buyers start to stepping in at slightly higher levels if they can do that then i think that'll prove that zone around the you know probably 13 and a half to, to 16 mark uh, and it proves that buyers are willing to step in around there and if they could start to lift it then yeah over time it'll probably get back up towards the 30 mark Okay, um, Niv, the, the other question he asks about is a stock by the name of Vonex, VN8, um, involved in providing, you know, the uh, voice over internet protocol, those virtual phone systems, um, the, you know, the old PA, uh, PABX systems, but obviously transitioning um, into more uh, current uh, products, servicing a lot of the B2, um, sorry, B2B um, type of, uh, of market. I'm going to bundle in a few companies here. You've got MyNet Phone and a whole range of others that have you know, piggybacked off the, the increasing adoption of the internet to provide telephony services and the like. Is VN8 a stock that you are um, familiar with? Because as Anthony pointed out, its share price has had a bit of a pop in recent times um, and there's been no news. So he's wondering where that excitement may be coming from. Any insights you could possibly provide, young Anthony? Yeah, it's in a really good space, Anthony. I mean, Vonex uh, have, have come out in the September quarter, so several months ago now, uh, saying that the annual recurring revenue uh, increased to $16.7 million, right, which was up 84% hmm. on year on year. So they had a really, really strong quarter. They're seeing some really strong growth. The total contract value has gone from 2.6 million to 5.3 million. Now they've got over 40,000 users. So the market is starting to sort of factor in the growth. I mean, when you look at a small cap, you do look at the financials. So they had about $4.2 million of cash receipts for the quarter, um, which is annualized run rate of, of in excess of 17 or $18 million if they continue on that trajectory. They're not that far away from cash flow positive. So look, the market obviously likes the growth moving into the fourth quarter and we'll be watching um, you know, how, how they're going from a technical perspective, um, they're obviously making high, high, high lows, and um, it looks like some strong momentum building in the sector and for the company. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I could possibly add to that great analysis, Niv, was that, you know, what's been happening with Amasim and a few of these other sorts of little smaller players getting gobbled up and the likes of TPG getting a bit more aggressive, snapping up these small little players may very well be contributing to positive sentiment, but I think you're right. You know, the fact that there is some speed gaining behind this um, has seen many investors think that it's going to take off. And hopefully, Anthony, that helps you there. All right, then, gentlemen, it's time for our See the Light segment, which uh, uh, is proudly brought to you by our partners in light at Macro Capital. Macro Capital gives you everything you need to discover, analyze, and execute on investment opportunities. This is why they're one of Australia's leading research houses and share advisors, helping everyday investors shine a light on financial markets to help you navigate them with confidence. So head to the website macro.com.au, that's M-A-Q-R-O.com.au to find out more. 
All right, then, Braddon, you're going to be the first up to the plate. Why don't you tell us two stocks that you're going to help us see the light on that we're going to listen attentively to, note them down, then toddle off and do our own research and see whether they align with our own investment objective and tolerance to risk. Okay, first one I'll kick it off with is um, MVP Medical Developments International. So this is something we've um, been in and out of both personally and for the alert service with success. So it's done, it has had a bit of a, we had a good run up um, probably up into February this year before we had that big sell off. And it had bounced a bit and it got to around say 865 before it's been gradually coming down. So it's just starting to put in a, a good long-term high load around that $5 mark. And we're starting to see buyers step in at higher levels. So we're really watching right where it is at the moment. If we can hold up off that $6 zone, um, I think it's got legs on the, both the daily chart and the weekly chart as they both start to hold off on their MAs, which is pretty much what we like to see for the start of a momentum move up. So I think that one's looking really good for, um, say, medium to longer term for a move back up towards at least 875, potentially all the way nice. back up to 11. We'll see how it goes. Um, the second one is PNR. So I've just got that up there. Uh, Pantoro Limited. So obviously linked to the gold price. There's a zone right that I'm looking at. I want to see that hold up around 18 and a half cents. So I think the way that's come down and the way gold's come down, they're not really matched. I like the way this has sort of been gradually moving down. It's been pushing in and been soaking up at around that 18 cents mark. Eight and a half. So what I want to do is see that hold. Um, recently, it flushed through that zone. It was, I think it was on the 3rd of November, um, earlier this month, and it got rejected quite quickly. It did make another lower high, but it's just back into there now. So if we can start to lift off that zone, I really want to start to see it attack through or around the 22 cent mark. We start to attack 22. For me, that's, that's a sign that that support is holding up. And we're starting to come out the other end and start to uh, find some buyers for a pressure back up towards those highs. But obviously, uh, that's got to do a lot with that gold price. Gold starts to lift. We start to get buyers, like I was mentioning before, at that same zone. Then this is going to start to look good. Yeah, P&R, uh, Pantoro, uh, is that a company there? And the other one, Medical Developments, MVP, uh, the old green little whistle uh, company, which um, is technologies all around the world nowadays and growing. Niv, what two companies do you want to help us see the light on that we're going to toddle off and do our own research in to see whether they align with our objectives and tolerance the risk, of course? Yeah, look, uh, we've recently taken a position in a company called Seafoam, uh, CFO. We, we got involved in the rights offer and uh, sub-underwrote some of it at one and a half cents. Uh, since then, it's at 3.4 cents and, and trading on some big volumes. Now, similar to a lot of these companies like the ICANs, the Fatfishers, the Rotogrows, in the past, they have had a, a bit of a checkered past. Having said that, they've raised over $4 million. The balance sheet's strong. Uh, they've recently uh, proposing to take a 10% stake in an Australian-based company called Innovaro. Now, Innovaro, they manufacture um, aero, aero uh, neutral uh, products and systems. Uh, in predominantly got a number of key defence contracts as well with the Australian government. So the market's starting to see some upsides. So for those at home, don't look at the past of CFI. We have to look at sort of Innovaro and the potential upside in, in the company. So that's something that, um, as I said, for full transparency, general advice only, we've recently taken a position at one and a half cents in the rights offer and the recent placement. Another company that we do have a fairly large position in is a company called MRG or MRQ mm. is a stock holder. Look, high-grade mineral sands uh, in Mozambique. Uh, they've uh, got a resource on the first one, which is Coco Masada, but... What the market's really excited about is they've got about 12 other tenements and um, one of them is right next door to Rio Tinto. So they're getting uh, HMS or VMS percentages anywhere between 5% to 10, 15%, which is very, very high 
and uh, leading into some of the further drilling and assays and air cores, one that uh, keeping a close eye on is MRQ. So Seafoam and MRQ is one to, uh, to keep an eye on. And obviously what's occurring in the whole rare earth space with everyone wanting to move away from the Chinese supply conundrum and broaden that out across the world is obviously one of the big tailwinds. And if they can keep coming up with some of those seismic studies they've done recently, yeah, the market will get a lot more interested than where it's at at the moment, even though it's had a good day today, up 10%. And with regards to CFO, up 16%. In no small part, Niv Davin, because of your wonderful contribution today. So on behalf of all of us at Spotty, thank you very much, mate, for jumping on the, uh, the old blower today in order to help us see the light with Macro Capital and all your great commentary that you've provided us today. And that's, uh, I'm sure Niv uh, heard us. He probably had to go out and do another deal. He's that busy at the moment. Peakassetmanagement.com.au. No, he's still there. There's his big smiling doll. Thanks uh, very much, thank Niv. No, good. Cheers. Thank you very much. And to my good old Mr. Reliable, Braden <laughs> Gardner uh, for tradesignal.com.au. Thank you. Oh, trade setup, sorry. Tradesetup.com.au. Thank you for your contribution today and uh yeah and what can i say don't forget trade direct 365 what's that deal that you got there with the platform because it's quite an attractive one yeah look if you jump on the website you'll see all about it so uh, up to a two and a half oh, sorry two thousand dollar rebate uh, for your first month of trading so it's all on the website take a look and you'll see how you go and fixed spreads which is very important when you're playing that game because obviously see if these can carry a little bit of extra risk and make sure you understand them before playing that space well that's all we have time for folks go to spotty.com.au to watch replays of the show uh, if you can't tune in live uh, remember you can send your questions through early it's the end of our spotty week so um, there will be a bit of time if it pops up into mine question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480-079-089 and we love those video questions too we haven't had one for a while so if you're feeling a little brave just take it in horizontal mode email it to us and we'd love to run with it and it guarantees that you get a run and apologies once again to those that we couldn't get to their questions uh, live um, at this time um, however that said we do cover them in subsequent weeks but we did get through quite a few live ones today so i was glad we we're able to do that follow us on social media to keep abreast of what's going on in our world and if you've got some time over the weekend go have a look at spotty's consulting services uh, go to the website there and uh, you know maybe there might be a service that could assist you with my partner in light uh, Chris Batchelor as well, joining me there. Um, remember, Sharewell Systems, our great friends for keeping the lights on here at Ticker. 16traits16traits.com is where you can go to learn the 16 traits of successful investing. Thanks again, Ticker, for letting us take an hour of prime time and getting a few people together talking stocks. Nothing more fun. Thanks, Mike, again, for pushing all the right buttons. Stay tuned for the Ben Robin Robbo Show, folks, because that's coming up next. And until next week, I'm Elio D'Amato. You've been watching Spotty and together we've been shining the spotlight on shares and Australia, Victoria's back.